Blog Talk Radio. Radio. My apologies. I had everything set up, ready to go. Even hi, Julie. I'm sorry hi. I'm late calling you. I was I was just starting to explain to the audience. I had everything up, ready to go. I even dialed into Skype earlier tonight so it wouldn't do an update on me. And then every throw was at five minutes till, and I've been trying to get oh, fun. the thing started again. So apologies for being late, but uh, I don't think that um, it'll be too big of a problem. Okay. So. So uh, so we'll go ahead and start from here. And uh, before I get to our questions, I just have a couple things here. So I'm going to put you in the green room for just a second. Okay. And I want to make sure... ...that we just do a quick rundown of some housekeeping things. If you want to call in to the show, you can do that either at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or through our toll-free number, 877-633-9389. That's 877-633-9389. You can catch this episode and all of them later on iTunes or streaming right from the website. And if you're out and about during our next episode, you can always call in, even if you don't want to talk, just to listen. And the next episode is scheduled for this Saturday. It's going to be at 4 o'clock in the afternoon Central Time. And we're going to be talking about how during the 19th century people used to change their houses for fall and a little bit about how that's reflected in current house museums and living history museums. So I think that will be really interesting. Then coming up, hopefully on the 1st of November, we're going to be doing the November update about what's going on for Laura during the month of November. So thank you very much for joining me, and I think that's all the housekeeping for right now. So I'm going to bring Julie back on, and everybody who, since we're getting a late start, of course, um, I want to explain that Julie is the director of the Spring Valley Museum, and I'm really excited to have both her and the lady who literally wrote the book on Spring Valley, Mary Jo Dathy, joining us tonight. And uh, we're trying a bit of an experiment with the technology on their end. Even though there's two of them, they're going to try one phone, and we will see how that will work. After our start to this episode, I'm thinking not well, but we'll see how it goes. (laughs) And... uh, Julie, do you want to just start out uh, explaining a little bit about about yourself, introducing yourself? 
Sure. Um, as you said, I'm Julie Maliner, and I am the director um, here at the Historical Society. Um, I, how I got started here, uh, I, I happened to live next door to the museum, and the uh, previous director passed away, and so they were looking for someone, and uh, a couple of the ladies came over one day when I was out working in the yard and said, hey, what would you think about working there? And my first reaction was, no, I don't think so. And uh, But I would think about it. And they, uh, actually one of them was Mary Jo, and she's very persistent. And she came back over and said, hey, what would you think about that? And uh, eventually I did say yes. And it's been a fun trip ever since. Um, I've been here. This is uh, my, it'll be five years uh, starting next spring. And um, it's it's been a lot of fun. And I have learned a lot, uh, not only about Spring Valley history, but also about Laura and and the um, Wilders and the Ingalls history. Well, I think they were right. It was a good match. I always tell people Spring Valley may be a small site, but you certainly have made a lot with what you had, and I think everybody's always impressed with your visit. We definitely have a lot to share here, so it's fun. So, uh Shall we try to let Mary Jo introduce herself, too, while we're at it? Sure. Well, this is Mary Jo Days, and um, you were wondering how I was involved with the Historical Society. Um, Back in about 1970, the uh, Historical Society was looking for a permanent home, and we were able to buy a, a big, beautiful brick home it became known as the Pioneer Home Museum, and uh, I was the secretary for several years. And uh, then uh, uh, kind of evolved into being the director. And um, we um, were able to purchase uh, the um, home and uh, were there for 26 years. And then uh, in 1995, uh, the home uh, right across the street from the church museum was given as a gift to the historical society and so we moved here in this beautiful historic home built in the 1860s shortly after the uh, formation of Spring Valley in 1855 and so I was involved up until 1996 as the director and um, then it was Rosalie Krugel for several years, and uh, now we have Julie Maliner. So what else can I tell you? Um, well, did Spring Valley always know uh, that the Wilder family from the Little House books lived there? Um, I don't really think so. Um, when we were uh, in the Pioneer Home Museum, uh, one of the young ladies that was a uh, volunteer on Sunday afternoons, she said, well, you know that Laura Ingalls Wilder lived here. And so we did some investigating. And um, then when we acquired the Methodist Church Museum in 1972, um, we began investigating the church records. And oh, my, then we came across all of these wonderful church records about James and Angeline and Laura Wilder being received into membership in 1872. And um, so then looked, found uh, where the girls were married. Alice Wilder and Eliza Jane were married and the celebration of the um, uh, Wilder's 
fiftieth wedding anniversary and so on. So it was wonderful to find out all of those things. And uh, so it was my job to um, approach the city council and um, start talking about we have a legitimate Laura Ingalls Wilder site in Spring Valley, Minnesota. And uh, so it was kind of fun <laughs> over the years to develop that. Okay. Um when did it uh, word of this connection sort of break into Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom? Well, you know, I think it started when the when the TV series became very popular and um but we we were in contact with the other Laura sites uh in um Baroque, Iowa. The gal down there was was a great benefit to us. And uh, then at Pepin, Wisconsin, and uh, the people at Walnut Grove, and so um, I think we it was the site, um, just being together with the site people, that uh, really, I guess, promoted our our site here. Okay. So, uh, is there a book about Spring Valley? Well, of course. In um, 1990 was the 100th anniversary of when Laura and Almanzo lived here. Uh, They lived here in 1890 and 91. And um, our town got really excited about the Laura Ingalls Wilder connection. And uh, we had a big uh, event. Uh, We were able to tour the farm, and uh, we were able to tour the buildings here. And so I wrote a book called... um, Spring Valley, the Laura Ingalls Wilder Connection, in 1890, and uh, it sells at all of the uh, sites, and um, it's a history of Spring Valley from the time um, it was started, 1855, uh, and then through the years that all of the Wilders lived here, and it incorporates anything that we knew about the Wilders, which we were able to find in um, many of the newspapers and the church records and so on. So, um, yes, we have a story of Spring Valley history with the Wilders in it. Well, that's just great. And if anybody out there doesn't have a copy of it yet, I highly recommend it. It's a very good book on a very neglected part of Laura Ingalls Wilder's life. And uh, we'll get back to talking about the Laura history in just a minute, but why don't we put Julie back on for a little bit? And we'll talk a little bit about the museum. Okay, here she is. Okay. Okay, so what is there left to see of the Wilder Connection if we go to Spring Valley today? Uh, Well, we have, of course, the farm. Uh, The barn is still standing that that, uh, is original to the Wilders. Um, And then uh, basically in the church museum itself, we have photos of the family at uh, different times and and different, um, even of Laura and Rose and Elmanso when they were living here with the family. So uh, those of us in in Laura fandom who kind of keep track of these things, there's been some concern about the barn. Has there been any more word about that? There hasn't been. It's still standing. Um, it seems to be in the same condition that it has been for the last few years, which is not exceptionally good. Uh, but they've kind of quit talking about taking it down. Uh, so oh, I don't well, know that's if good news. It is, it is. I think there's people that have uh, talked to them and written to them and expressed their interest in seeing it 
you know, stay up. And so they're maybe a little less reluctant, but um, if they don't do something to it, eventually it's, it'll fall down if they if they don't do something. So, yeah, sadly, buildings do need maintenance, and yeah. it's it's mostly in the roof, which I think, from what you can see by the road, the roof isn't too bad yet. And as long as the roof holds out, I think it'll be. I mean, usually when you see barns collapse, the first thing that happens is the roof falls in. Right. Yeah. So if you if you actually were able to go on the property, which we can't because it's private, but uh, we have been on there a few times, and actually in the foundation you see some pretty huge cracks, and so that would be probably the major yeah. concern now. But like mm-hmm. you said, as long as the roof is good, it'll it'll last a few more years. So. Okay. So. As we're looking at the Wilder Farm, which is amazingly close to town, town Spring Valley, I always thought I always pictured it way off, but it's it's just a, a couple blocks from Main Street. Uh, yeah. the, there's uh, fences. There's a house, but the house was torn down in uh, the 1920s, we think, right? Right, right. And so the the barn is the only building that um, is uh, the is from their time period. Now, right. uh, did. I believe there's supposed to be uh, some initials carved in the barn. Have you ever gotten to see those? We have never gotten to see those, and there's some conflicting reports. Um, the, the people that own it now, the wife said that, yes, there are some, and the husband denies that. So we don't know for sure because none of us have ever gotten in to see it. Oh. So, But if they ever do tear, tear the barn down, that's the piece I want. <laughs> well, that would be a great one to have for the museum, but we'll keep yeah. thinking good thoughts on it as a whole. All right, so um, it, do you? So that's the Wilder Farm itself. The other mm-hmm. big area in uh, Spring Valley that I think Wilder fans want to make sure that they see is your museum complex. So, uh, do you have any special directions for people who are just coming into Spring Valley and want to get to the museum? Well, we do have signs on the main highways uh, that direct pretty well. Um, during the summertime, we do have the tourist information center that's right on the highway also, which people can stop and get directions if they need to. Um, but if you head downtown, we're only um, a block and a half off of downtown, so uh, pretty easy. Most people know in town, you know, if you have to stop and ask, because we aren't too large. So, And you look for the big white steeple, that's us. <laughs> and you can really see it now they've taken down those trees, but I'm, yeah, I'm glad yeah. that they have planted more. So in another hundred years, they'll be nice big trees again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, but your museum, as um, Mary Jo was mentioning, is more than just the church. So you have how many buildings there now? We actually have three. We have the, the Methodist Church Museum. We have the Washburn Zittleman House, which is, like she said, an 1865 uh, Victorian home. And then right behind that, we have what we call our Agricultural and History Center. And it, it the one half of it holds um, um, antique uh, agricultural pieces. And then in the other half is our schoolroom, military area, and... Um, we have a an old time wash area where we have a lot of different washing machines in there, so and and some other things. So, and I basically, yeah, it's it's basically those three main buildings. 
Well, uh, I just have to say, well, we'll start with the the last one first. I, that I really, it's a very nice little one room school display in there, and you actually have one of the very few uh, specifically identified lunch baskets that I have seen as a, in my travels, which I always think is just incredible. That's I think one of my favorite pieces that you have that's non wilder related. So. Uh-huh. I, I hope everybody who who stops for the Laura stuff gets a chance to see that. And you have a nice display of, of various agricultural things. In fact, you had one that stamped, stumped me when I was there because uh, it's to blow silage up into the silo, and we never had oh, yeah. that. Oh, <laughs> so you symbolize pieces in there, and um, just some beautiful Victorian furniture and clothing in in the the house, which mm-hmm. I think's worth a stop and. Um, then, then of course, the church, which uh, is covering not just, well, sort of the rest of, of Spring Valley history, I guess you'd say. Right, yeah. And uh, has a nice little general store thing, uh, some uh, old-fashioned cooking equipment and the stuff from all the churches in the area. And then, of course, the beautiful Wilder exhibit, which you guys have done so much work on pulling up absolutely everything you can. I mean, you've got um, a book that has uh, Mother Wilder's charges on it at one of the grocery stores in town. Uh You've you've got ads from Royal's store. I mean, uh, a painting of what Royal's house looked like. It's, it's just, I, I think, considering how much you had to start with, you have, if everybody made as much use of their stuff as you did, there would be much, much cooler Laura museums to get to go oh. see. So. <laughs> well, thank I, you, thank you. So, but, but I kind of forgot to mention that, too, I mean, the church itself is definitely a Wilder um, exhibit because that is where the Wilder family um, went to services and were a part of that congregation, and of course, um, you know they were baptized there and married, and and so there's a lot of different events um, surrounding the Wilders with the church itself. Now, so for people who haven't been to the church before, how much um, in, in like the sanctuary because the the bottom, lower floors have been uh, turned into exhibit space. Uh-huh. More, but on the in the sanctuary, how close do you think it is to what Laura and and her family experienced? Uh, well, the the structure itself would be the same. Um, they during the 1940s and 50s they did some remodeling and uh, tried to they brought in blonding that blonded the wood and tried to lighten up the sanctuary. So the dark Victorian Gothic wood look is is not like it was originally. Um, but the structure itself is is very similar, uh, you know. So you would see, of course, the windows are are the same, and um, so yeah, it's it's you know in that respect, it's it's the same that as they would have seen. Just the tile on the floor would be different, <laughs> you yeah. know, things like that. But um, the, the feel of the building is still there; it's still the same. So, and one last thing I want to mention about the church part of the museum is that that's where you have your uh, gift shop. And Mm -hmm. again, considering that you are one of the smaller sites, I think you have just done a great job in having different uh, historical things in there uh, that you don't always see at other sites. And uh, my favorite thing I think that I've gotten at your gift shop was the Almanzo doll. Oh. And, 
And he actually, I didn't get as much filming of him done as I wanted to, but I carried him with me on all my Laura trips this summer because uh, I'm, I'm hoping to put together a little video of um, if you're taking a non-Laura fan with you on some of these trips, what there is for him to do. And I thought he would be a oh, good stand-in for that. So <laughs> I just I just love him. You guys, do you still sell, sell your Elmanzo dolls? Yeah, we sure do. Yep. Okay, so everybody should call tomorrow and order one because I'm telling you, they're darling. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> okay. We, well, we now have something new in the gift shop, oh. too, as long as we're talking about that. Uh, okay. We just received in some, uh, we're calling it Like Laura, um, and they're it, they are actually doll clothes for 18-inch dolls like the American Girl dolls. And so mm-hmm. we have... Um, three different sets. There's the typical dress and apron, bonnet, uh, bloomers, um, petticoat and tights and shoes. That's one set. And then we have uh, another set that is a nightgown and nightcap. And then another set that's actually a cape and and cap. And so it's kind of fun. We're hoping that, um, you know, we'll be really able to sell a lot of those to young girls, especially next year as we get going again. So well, uh, it certainly is a size of collectible doll that is very popular. So I'm I'm pretty sure you will do fairly well on that too. Uh, I also wanted to ask you about Wilder Days because uh-huh. for a number of years you guys had uh, an event in town called Wilder Days, but has it been renamed? It's it's gone back. It used to be called Egg Days, and so they they have chose to put that back. Uh, to that name, uh, which it basically is a town celebration. So we we really didn't have control over that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really had nothing that really incorporated Wilders into that day. Um, but we have now uh, a man that is, he's uh, putting together a, uh, a bike race, uh, and that he's he's done it a couple years already, um, and he calls it the El Manzo 100. Yeah, and I've so heard of that. To, yeah, yeah, we had to find out why do you call it that, and you know, and 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 what's that about, and and it is because of the Wilder family, and so they're now making uh, that a bigger event and hoping to call that the Wilder Fest, and it it happens um, next year will be May 19th, and they have two rides. They have the El Manzo ride, which is 100 miles. On on gravel roads, <laughs> and then they have oh. the Royal Ride, which is 125, I believe it is, um, on the gravel roads. So does that sound like fun? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, but I the, used to ride on gravel. It's I so, think people yeah, the kid, with their yeah. with these prissy little uh, racing bikes may find yeah. out a thing or two driving on gravel. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it probably has to be more of a mountain bike, but. <laughs> But next year he's he's making it bigger and he's also going to put some foot races into it. Um, so we 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 will have the Pearly race foot race which will be a 30k, and the James foot race which will be a 50k, and then the Abel foot race which will be the 100k. So <laughs> if you want to run, uh, the, the, yeah. they have all of those for you to do. But also downtown then for the people that don't want to actually run or or bike. We're having the Eliza Jane Market, which will be um, kind of a, a craft and goods market down there. So, starting well, to develop that, so it'll be it'll be good. 
Well, I'm very glad to hear that because I think it's great to have at least one event during the year to kind of promote attention. So the race, does it, is it start in Spring Valley? I'd heard about it before, but I guess I didn't realize yeah. where it started. Yep, it starts here and it ends here. So, yeah, it's kind of nice. It, you know, comes full circle. And so the people, you know, that are their their um, support people can, you know, stay and, and we're trying to get things for them to do. And, of course, they can come and visit the museum. So that's a good thing, too. So Yeah, it, it is really nice to do a circle. My brother did the tractorcade a couple times, and his favorite oh, yeah. were always the years <laughs> that the route was a circle. He said that's just a lot easier than uh, trying to... Uh, to, to do a straight line shot and then get everything moved along as you go. Yeah. So yeah. I that's I think a good idea. Well, I'm I'm just I hadn't heard anything about that, so I am very excited. I'm glad to know that you you're getting to restore an event. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be real good. It'll it'll every year should evolve to bigger and better. Oh, I'm sure it will. So. Um, while I still got have you before I ask you to go back to Mary Jo and we didn't talk uh-huh. about some more history, I want to just for the people listening, uh, want to get the contact information out in case they don't know it. So, uh, do you have like your phone number and you have a website and mm-hmm. go? Okay. <laughs> uh, our um, phone number here is five zero seven three four six seven six five nine, and our uh, website is. Uh, Spring Valley MN Museum. Let me say that again. Spring Valley MN Museum dot org. So it's kind of a long one, but uh, and that's all in lowercase. Um, and our hours are um, ten to four. Um, now in October, ten to four each on Saturday and Sunday, and we're only open till the end of October, and then we are closed for the winter. Uh, but then back in um, June, we open up again 10 to 4 every day. So. Okay. Uh, if they did want to, just because this is sort of coming up, if they did want to get, say, an Almanzo doll, because, again, uh-huh. they are the cutest thing ever, for somebody for Christmas, which, see, I'm not even hunting for myself because I already have one, but for somebody else, <laughs> uh, can they, uh, are you still, can they still get you at the that phone number if they want to order something for Christmas shopping? Sure, they can. Um, they may have to leave a message because we're not in the office every day, but um, if they leave their number, uh, we can get back to them, at, and that's no problem. Okay, well, that is absolutely great. And with that, I think we're going to turn back over to Mary Jo, if that's all right. Okay. Yes, yeah, what can I tell okay. you? Okay, well, before I ask you the next question, I just want to repeat, if anybody out there has a question and wants to call in, our phone numbers are 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll-free, 1-877-633-9389. That's one 633 9389. Okay, Mary Jo. So we're going to do a little bit of turning to back to history, a little bit further back than the founding of the museum this time. Uh, how did the James Wilder family move to Spring Valley? 
that's something that people always are asking me about because in Farmer Boy, it seems like they're so happy and alone with their famous three-cornered square. And then all of a sudden, we find out just in a throwaway line, they've moved to Minnesota. So what was going on? Well, I don't think anybody really knows the real reason, except that um, many of James's family and Angelina's family had moved west. Um, many of them came to Wisconsin. There were a few in in Minnesota, and I don't know. Um, there's a, the, a story that there were several years of um, the crop failures. James was growing hops. And there were years of crop, hop crop failures. And perhaps he thought uh, coming to Minnesota, there was a big hype about raising wheat. And indeed, he did raise wheat when he came here. But um, what we know is that they possibly came by train. And um, the boys, Elmenzo and um, Royal, brought the stock by boat on St. Lawrence Seaway down to Chicago and then perhaps by train the rest of the way here. But we really don't have any sure things about that. But um, we know that, according to the church records, in 1872, um, James and Angeline Wilder uh, were accepted into the, uh, as as um, members here at the Methodist Church. And um, we know that... Um, Angeline's brother, George Day, died in March of 1873, and they were able to buy the farm. So whether they had been living with him before this, we don't know. Possibly they were. But anyway, they bought the farm, and uh, by 1874, uh, most of the family is here, and of course their farm was sold in 1875, I believe, out in New York. And so then all of them were here in 1875 for sure. Okay, uh, so 1875, so did Elmanzo actually go to school in Spring Valley then, or was he yes, out he of did. school then? No, no, uh, he went to school here. Um, he's not on the graduation list, but uh, we know that he went to school here because in one of Dorothy Smith's book um, called um, The uh, Wilder Story, um, she tells that uh, in one of the letters that she has, uh, she quotes that... Um, it, Angeline said um, Elmanzo was in school. So, yes, he was, he attended here. So it was actually, you know, a big part of Elmanzo's growing up and certainly you know, more of a connection with Laura because she spent a lot of her growing up years in Minnesota, too. So uh, it, they were on there and they were growing wheat. Do we know what else they were doing on the farm? Did, did uh, Father Wilder keep up his horses? Yes, he did. Yes, um, there's a there's a, a interesting little tidbit in in one of the um, newspapers about the Fourth of July race, and um, it says Wilder came in third. <laughs> so we don't know <laughs> if it was Elmanzo riding his his favorite horse, or <laughs> but probably it was. Yeah, probably it was. So um, yeah, they were involved. Um, the Wilders are credited with helping to pay off the debt here at the church, and they often held um, a church social on their lawn out at the farm, and so they were very supportive of the church. And uh, one of the um, pastors wrote back at the time of a, a um, 
centennial celebration or something, and he said um, that among the uh, those that helped to pay off the debt were James Wilder. And uh, so we know they were very much involved with the church here. Well, that doesn't really surprise me. I think he was a very money-minded man. I think that mm-hmm. uh, he mm-hmm. would have, have not wanted to have a debt on the church and really worked towards that. I, I mm-hmm. That sounds exactly like him. I think so, too. So the the family was all here. They were living on the farm. And then they decide to move west again and try and get some of the free homestead land. Um, Almanzo had been in western Minnesota for a couple of years uh, working, and then they Mm -hmm. go on out to the Smet. But eventually, Laura and Almanzo come back to Spring Valley, and um, that's uh, another sort of part of your book. So what did you find out about that in doing your research? Well, as you know, in the book, um, the first four years, um, Elmanza and Laura just have really tough times. They never get a wheat crop, and they go deeper and deeper in debt. And uh, so finally, toward the end there, uh, while they get diphtheria, and the baby boy is born and he dies, and the barn burns and the house burns, and they had really tough times. And so Grandma and Grandpa Wilder came out uh, on the train and said, um, why don't you come back to Spring Valley and um, stay with us until Elmanzo gets better? <clears throat> and so um, I guess uh, Laura's cousin, Peter Ingalls, helps them raise the sheep over the wintertime, and they sell them at a good profit, and they do come back to Spring Valley. And uh, while they were here in the um, summer of 1890, um, I think it's just fascinating to know that the Winona and Southwest Railroad came through from the north, giving Spring Valley two railroads, which seems like uh, Spring Valley should have grown a lot more than it did. But anyway, um, the railroad bought a corner of the Wilder Farm. And um, since Spring Valley is located in a valley, and trains don't go down in valleys, you know, so um, they built a huge trestle just south of the Wilder Farm. And it would have been the summer of Almanzo and Laura could have sat in the backyard and watched this trestle being built. I just think that's so interesting. Hmm. And um, then that same summer of 1890, um, uh, Almanzo's younger brother, Pearlie, and uh, two of his cousins, or their cousins, um, pack up for a trip to go south. And uh, they're going to... uh, go on this sailing craft called the Edith down the Mississippi and then go up the Ohio River and then they put it on a wagon and hauled it all the way down to Florida and uh, that's the story called the uh, log of the sailing craft Edith. But um, that summer while they were getting ready to go they had to line up all the provisions and um, apparently uh, Laura is there helping in the kitchen, helping Angeline um, with all of the baked goods and accumulating all of the food that they need to take. So that would have been a very busy summer for them. And uh, then uh, in the spring, um, Elmanzo has a sale, and he sells most of his stock. And uh, he's credited with um, having a very successful sale. And so they take uh, the um, train to Florida. And... um, of course, as you know from the stories, Flora did not like Florida at all, and uh, <laughs> it was not agreeable to them. Yeah, to put it mildly. 
Laura did not like Florida. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you're packing a packing a gun in your belt, I think that's not a good sign. <laughs> no. So oh. there. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it was just a very busy year for them. Yeah, while they were here. So there are um, a few pictures that are kind of familiar to Wilder fans that are, are really associated with Spring Valley. And mm-hmm. uh, one of them uh, is the the picture of the Wilder farmhouse. And there's some speculation on whether Laura actually is herself in that picture. What's your take on that? Well, we absolutely believe it is. Um, El Manso <laughs> is standing over on the left with his parents. And um, then there is Laura as sitting on the porch with little Rose. And out in front is um, Eliza Jane, as usual. <laughs> you know, she liked to be in the forefront. And then also in the picture is um, one of um, James and Angeline's granddaughters, Angelina, who is living with them, going to high school. So, um, yeah, we are confident that that is the picture of them. So it just shows you you need to write on the backs of your pictures. So. People don't have to argue about whether that is or it isn't them. And uh, there's another uh, picture that is probably, well, a very republished picture is the one of Rose as a little girl. And Mm -hmm. that one was taken in Spring Valley. Yes, it was. Uh Uh-huh. And if you do not know the story, always look at Rose's hands in that picture because she herself says what happened was that she had her hands crossing with the ring showing. She had just gotten this ring, and the photographer wanted to cross the other hand on top, so she'd let him, and then as soon as he left, she'd cross him back the way she wanted. And you'll have to look at the picture if you haven't before to see who won, but it isn't exactly a surprise. <laughs> well, we that that's the story that we tell. <laughs> Uh, that's our guys are trained to tell that story because yeah. we always say um, Laura or um, Rose tells the, in one of her books or mm-hmm. one of her writings that she said I look real grumpy in the picture because she got into the discussion with the uh, photographer and she says you can see who won the battle. <laughs> Um, but there's more pictures. There's the picture of the three brothers, which is, I think, one of the lesser-known pictures. But I just love it, the one with Royal and Omanzo and Pearlie. And, and I just love that picture. You've got a nice blow-up of it in the museum, and I always stare at that one because I think it's such mm-hmm. a family picture. I love that. Yeah, and, it is. And it's just so – there's quite a few. Oh, well, and, of course, then the picture of – um, mother and Father Wilder, which uh, was taken for their 50th wedding anniversary, correct? Yeah, it was right. Yes, uh-huh. Okay. Yep, so, what, what, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that party, because they had a big party for it, right? Well, I can't tell you much about the party. All I know is that um, all of the children came. Um, um, Rose appears in one of the pictures, uh, standing there in the crowd, and um, all the children came except I think Alice had died in Florida. But um, Amanzo and, and Laura and Rose came, and um, so everybody was here. And isn't that, that isn't that where Eliza Jane met her husband then? Absolutely, yes. He was uh, back here on business from his uh, uh, business of uh, rice farming down in uh, near Crowley, Louisiana, and um, 
back here on business, and for some reason he came to the anniversary because he had known the Wilders out in when they he lived out in Thayer's Corners out in, near Malone, New York, and so uh, I think it was like a whole month later. Um, uh, he takes as a bride Eliza Jane, and <laughs> she's in her forties and he's in his sixties, <laughs> and uh, they go off to live in in um, Crowley, Louisiana. Well, and that has a lot to do with sort of the end of the James Wilder family bringing in Spring Valley, right? Absolutely. Yes, it sure does. Um, Eliza Jane, well, of course, you know, she was always called the bossy one in the family. And uh, so uh, she's the one that convinced her parents that she should, that they should move to Louisiana, I suppose, to get away from those Minnesota winters. And um, anyway, um um, Eliza Jane is living down there, and Pearlie is living down there, and um, Elmanzo and Laura are not too far away up in Missouri there. And uh, so, indeed, they up and sell their farm. Of course, they were getting along in years, too. And so, um, uh, as I say, getting away from those Minnesota winters and uh, going down where it was, was a little warmer down there. But, uh, yes, 1898, they sold their farm and, and uh, moved to Louisiana. Which and Royal, of course, stayed in. Yeah, and that move down south didn't end up too good for them. But let's let's follow up on Royal a little bit because Royal had gone west uh, the same time Eliza Jane and Elmanzo did, but uh, he did a little better than Spring in Spring Valley than I think the other two after he came back. So, what did he do once he got back from Desmet? Well, when he came back to Spring Valley, he opened his variety store here. And um, then his mother was getting very concerned about him because um, he was in his 40s and he hadn't gotten married yet. So you know what mothers do. She um, suggested that he uh, take some vegetables down to the um, the new widow, uh, Electa Hutchinson. She was just a young lady whose husband had died of consumption or TB. And uh, she had four little children, including a set of twins. And by golly, within a few months... Um, Royal gets married, and he acquires a house and a wife and four children. And uh, he continues on with his um, uh, variety store, of course. And he had to move a few times but um, up and down the street, but um, he kept kept in business. And then um, he and his wife, Electa, have three daughters, and um, two of them die in infancy. And uh, Bernice, the third daughter, um, attends school here. And um, uh, she grew up, uh, was married and divorced, and then she married a judge in Rochester, Minnesota. And so she's buried in the city cemetery up there. Mm. But um, Royal and his wife lived out their lives here in Spring Valley. And um, I I always say that uh, Royal is buried under this tree, and you cannot get a decent picture of his tombstone. It's dark. Every I've tried different times of year, different times of day. There's always a freaking shadow there. And, You're absolutely and, right. I have a hard time with that too. <laughs> but but um, he 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 is the only uh, member of the original Wilder family that's buried in the city cemetery along with his two little infant daughters. And uh, it's real. They have real nice markings to that. Sometimes it's a little difficult to get to that cemetery because not all the roads in town 
lead to the crossroad that gets to the cemetery. And you want to make sure that you're not on gravel because the gravel will get you out to the Catholic cemetery. And we don't want that one. Royal <laughs> isn't there. Uh, right. So, but once you actually get to the right cemetery, the signage is very clear. Although, as I say, Royal is going to be dark. Just mm-hmm. accept it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. But before he died and got buried in the dark under the cemetery tree, uh, he are there any of the... Um, places that he had his variety store that are the same building in town? I'm not sure. I can't tell you. I'd have to ask Sharon John, our our, our baseball historian who has records on all the old buildings, but um, I'm not sure that the um, original building that he was in, um, there's one down on the corner of Broadway and Main Street that um, is still standing that is possibly one that he was in and maybe the last one that he was in. And um, the city decided to vote on shall we go wet or dry, and they voted to go wet. And so (laughs) he was um, displaced. He had to move out, and um, there has been a tavern on that corner for over 100 years. It is still a tavern today. <clears throat> and, huh. But um, So then he took up um, uh, being a peddler, and um, many of the women in Spring Valley remember uh, Royal Wilder as a peddler uh, coming around with his uh, horse and buggy and, and um, selling all kinds of, you know, dish pans and uh, whatever it was they might need. And uh, he even had a little thing on the back of his cart where he could accept chickens or things in in payment for uh, whatever he was selling. So I think that's kind of a neat story, too. Mm -hmm. It is. And Royal seems to have ended up, uh, except for the tombstone thing, in pretty good shape. I think he was very glad that he came back to Spring Valley and didn't go down south when his, his folks did. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and of course he, that was his dream. He always wanted to be a storekeeper, you know, or uh, ended up being a peddler too. So, very interesting man. Now, um, now that you've been on the show, I would like to get Sharon sometime. So you are going to have to tell her that this was not a scary thing at all, and that she she should come on, right? <laughs> Well, she could tell you all kinds of wonderful things. Yeah, she's yeah. a wonderful historian. Yeah. So we'll have wonderful to uh, try and get Sharon talked into to coming on another time. But, uh, but you're a pretty good uh, historian about things not wilder too. Uh, did you want to talk about your column a little bit, just so if anybody else was interested? Um, well, I write a weekly column for the Spring Valley paper, um, the Spring Valley Tribune, it's called, and. Um, uh, it's uh, all kinds of things. Uh, it has to do with early Spring Valley history mostly. But um, I've been trying to reach a lot of the readers who are still alive that remember things, like uh, things from the 50s and 60s and 70s. To me, that's a recent time, you know, And uh, but they think it's old times. <laughs> but uh, um, I tell about... Um, I, I, Tell about people and events and places and um, maybe um, 
oh, what do I want to think of, um, um, patent medicines and uh, anything that uh, appeals to me, especially that I walk around the museum and see things that I think people would be interested in, and then I invite them to come to the museum and and, uh, see what's going on. Okay. And there's uh, people can see it, read your column online, correct? Yes, they can. Um, um, I don't have that with me. It's Bluff Country News. Bluff Country News. um, can't think what that is. Thunder Bluff Country News, anyway. Okay. And, what, and what's the name of the column? Maybe they could find it searching that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, what's the name of the column? Maybe they could find it oh, searching that way. Oh, the name of the way. column. Yeah. Um, um, what's the name of the column? <laughs> glimpses, glimpses of Yesteryear. Yeah, it's called okay. glimpses, glimpses of Yesteryear. Okay, I'd love don't, don't, ask, don't ask me hard questions like that. <laughs> well, I must admit, I did not have that one on the prep question because I thought she'd mention it herself when she introduced herself, but she was being all modest because that is always a fun read, too, and besides her book. So even oh, if it okay. isn't exactly Laura-related, I always enjoy seeing what she's, she said this week. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Do you want to talk to Julie again? Yes, let's go back to Hold Julie. On. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, we've got about, let's see, uh, we got just under seven minutes left. So is there anything uh, else that you would like people to know about the museum or planning a trip there or anything they should really know or be sure to look for? Well, <laughs> that's that's a pretty open question. <laughs> um, you know, really, if th- there's something here for everyone, so, you know, it would be important if they have an interest in something, you know, if they come and they say, you know what, I'm really interested in airplanes. Well, we have one to show them. Um, so they need to let us know if there's, you know, things that, that they really have an interest in so that we can guide them, you know, to those things that, that are, are of interest. Um, and we tr- we usually try to ask, you know, especially about about Laura, you know, are you fans? And so we really want to make sure that we cover all of that information from them. Uh, But uh, for sure, if they have something in particular, because we have pretty much everything (laughs) that that anybody would like. It's a fairly eclectic collection. One thing I really like uh, is you've got the Fisher-Price barn. That (laughs) that has the, if you look inside any Fisher-Price barn, there is a poster drawn on the inside, and it says Uh Spring Valley. Spring Valley Feeds, yep. (laughs) Yeah. So there really is a, a lot of things, I think, uh, just about anything. So if you're dragging somebody along with you on a Laura trip, I'm sure they can find something of interest in this, in the museum there at Spring Valley. Right. Do you have Do you have any uh, plans, things you're going to be doing different besides the uh, uh, Almanza 100 next year, or is that going to be taking all your energy? Well, it it will for the first part of the year anyway, and then I don't I haven't thought any farther than that. <laughs> Trying to focus okay. on a little bit. So, um, as of right now, we'll we'll get through that part and then see what happens. Okay, and um, just another thing that I like to check in with people is uh, you do have a membership for your museum. So, if people wanted to join that, they could. How how do you right. do that? Well, we have a membership. We have a family membership, um, also um, a single, and then a, a lifetime. Um, 
and I am trying to think right offhand. I know the lifetime is a hundred dollars, but I think the uh, the family is twenty, and then the um, single makes sense that it would be ten. But I'm drawing a blank on that right now. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's what they are. But if anybody's interested, they can certainly contact us, and and I could have that information for them. So it's always good. I always say to be a member in all the Laura sites if you possibly can because we want there to be Laura sites for many years to come for ourselves and for other people. And the best way to do that is to support the museums by being members and by buying things So right. uh, and by yeah. visiting. So I, I hope that everybody does. And um, Spring Valley is very close to Baroque. So, uh, yeah, we're only about 40 miles from Baroque, so... Makes a, it makes a pretty good day. You know, you can easily hit the two. And actually not that far from Pepin even, too. I mean, no. farther. But, you know, it, it easily uh, it can access at least two of the places in one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always say that that's a nice weekend. If you wanted to, to – if you're not going during one of the events, which if if you're going to the event, that's – throws off the schedule totally, so ignore right, that. Yep. But if it's a, just on a normal day, that uh, Spring Valley, Baroque, and Pepin makes a real nice weekend to, to hit yes, all does. three of them. So uh, mm-hmm. I hope that uh, uh, you, you get a lot more people this year because it really is, I, I can't stress this enough, that I hope everybody takes a chance to visit Spring Valley. Now we are about out of time. Did you want to give them your phone number again and and when you're going to be reopened for the season? Sure. Our phone number again is 507-346-7659. And we actually reopen um, Memorial Weekend, um, but we are open uh, if people want to give us a call and set up a time. We have done that early in May um, and even uh, here again like in November we have done some too. But if the weather gets really cold, the church gets real cold. So sometimes you have to do it with mittens on. So just a warning. But, yeah, they can certainly call and, and set up a tour anytime if if somebody's available. We'll do it. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Julie and Mary Jo, for joining me tonight. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about Spring Valley, and we'll have to try and get Sharon on and so we can uh, talk a little bit more about Spring Valley history because I think it's it's an area that certainly could use a little bit more light shown on it. So I'm glad. Yeah, we're kind, uh, of, we're kind of a hidden surprise for some people. So, yeah, it would be good to get the news out. Okay. Well, thank you, and... I want to remind everybody that our next episode is going to be on Saturday, and it's going to be at uh, 4 o'clock at Central Time. And we're going to be talking about how people in the 19th century would change their house over for the winter as we're working on that and how you may see some of these changes in various living history sites or museums as you travel around. And uh, I hope that you enjoy that. And we will also be doing another episode on November 1st when we're going to be doing our November update which we'll look around and see what we can find out what's going about uh, in Laura fandom in November. Um, And 
We're heading into the Christmas shopping season. So if you have a Laura fan in your life, remember that you want to start getting those orders in early because it takes it a while to get the things sent from the home sites. And we hope that you will use the home sites because that, again, is part of what keeps them going. Thank you again for joining me tonight. I, again, am sorry about the problem we had at the beginning of the episode. And... I will be glad to take a sledgehammer to this computer for you if it does it again. Thank you and have a great night.